Sitting for long hours can be a real pain, literally. That's why we love stealth chairs from Ergo Lab. They are designed to provide unparalleled support to music and production professionals, promoting proper posture and minimizing fatigue, reducing chronic back and neck pain, and increasing circulation to the legs. The chair's floating lumbar-shaped backrest with a spring-loaded floating mechanism massages the user's back muscles to increase blood flow and disc hydration keeping the back refreshed during extended work sessions. Clear out your old uncomfortable office chair and make room for the ultimate ergonomic experience with the stealth chair from Ergo Lab. Use code MXURocks10 for 10% off your next order. You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 143 of the MXU Podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, and I'm here today to kind of celebrate a bit of a milestone, but also kind of hold these guys a little bit accountable because I'm not a part of their podcast. But Jeremy and Rusty are here from the MXU Video Podcast. Jeremy Bagwell and Rusty Anderson, who you've heard on this podcast before a bunch. Um, but they're joining in today just to check in on all things video, and to talk about some other stuff too. So guys, thanks for being here today. Welcome. Hey. Thanks for having us back. Thanks for having yeah, us back. Yeah, so the MXU video podcast, for those of you listeners who haven't checked it out yet, you guys have been going for about a year now, and I just think it's been great. I, I actually am the one who edits those episodes, and so I have learned a ton about video, and I really don't even care much about video. So well done because you've kept me engaged. You've kept my attention and it's not even something that I do all the time. So uh, you, you made the, uh, sorry to interrupt, but you've made the intro. Fine. Like we've been get, called into the principal's office because you're holding us accountable. So, so maybe did we I hold, say the word accountable. You did. I didn't say accountable. You did. Accountable. You did. You did. So, Are you serious? Yeah, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, so, but I'm thinking we hold you accountable and we could have a test since you've been listening. Oh. Anyway, so I'm going to be thinking, okay. I'm going to be thinking through the episode here of like what Little I would quiz at the quiz end. you, yes, okay. quiz you on, you know, and then, yeah, hey, it's a, a mutual accountability exercise, right? So. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to say that no, I was here to hold I, you guys I la- accountable. I laughed I just in my wa- head. I'm like, I'm going to. I just wanted to check in <laughs> yeah. and see how you guys are doing. That's awesome. Um. Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, Zach, who is our also our, our person along uh, in our journey with us, uh, is not on the podcast today, but it's been re- real fun for me, Rusty, and Zach to jump into video world, um, which is the world we've lived in forever. And, you know, it, our little thing is like, at the end of the day, this the video podcast is here to help us grow better. Um, grow better? That's not even a good phrase. Anyway, we want to grow more in our knowledge, in our experiences, and um, create a journey where people can jump along and say, hey, let's grow better together. Um, You said it again. (laughs) I know. I don't know why I keep saying that. Anyway. How about get better? Get better. There you go. Get better. We want to get better together. Well, I'm not grow. It was almost. Anyway, you messed me up with the accountability word, you know? Anyway, I'll just pass the blame. It's been fun. The three of us, I think, have a very, um, we have like similar expertise and you know just um similar journeys but also different enough that i think it's uh, i've learned a lot kind of on these discussions with with zach and jeremy so i've also learned how difficult it is to uh podcast as like a little side project thing man it is hard yes mainly to like get three people's schedules to line up to do something and then to also if you want to have like a fourth person speak into it as an interview that's a lot of work all, all you podcasters it. out there man congrats or yeah. i mean hats off to you yeah I mean, for years, I'm like, listen, all we have to do is create a podcast and you can make millions of dollars. And then, <laughs> now yeah. that we're doing it, it's like, nah, nah, it's not it's not as easy. It's a lot of coordination just to make one uh, thing happen. So, uh, yeah, it's been really fun, though. It's been fun getting feedback from people and hearing people who listen to the podcast. And I went all the way over to the to Australia and there was a, a guy there was like, hey, I listened to you on the podcast. And I'm like, that's that's. Cool. It's uh yeah, yeah. It's very cool. It's um it's fun to know that people are um not just enjoying the podcast. It's really it's the learning. You know, it's those takeaways. It's like, hey, uh, we're just here to help you be better. So yeah, I love it. 
Well, thanks for doing it. We we appreciate the wisdom and the clarity that you can bring to some of these topics because honestly, you would not want me facilitating those conversations. So, I mean, from the guests that you've had to the the deep dives that you guys have done on your own, it's just been awesome. So that's cool. Yeah. But today, there's there's one thing we need to get to first because uh, we made a big announcement last week and it was that MXU Live 2023 is happening in September, September 14th and 15th in Atlanta at Passion City Church. And you guys are going to be there to help lead the charge on the video side of what we're bringing to production teams that week. And you just got back today from a site visit. Yep. So I'm really excited that we're going to be at Passion. So was there any sort of big aha or big learning from walking around today. I mean, I know you know the facility really well already. Yeah, it's but, weird to say a site visit to your home church. Yeah, it's it, I <laughs> home know, field it's, advantage. Home field advantage for sure. But um, talk for a minute if there's anything that's unique or interesting about passion that is going to make our event better. Well, I can, yeah, I'll say just, I mean, a few thoughts from the, the building itself. Um, I mean, it's awesome location. It's great in town in atlanta a lot of a lot of great stuff nearby so you know for all the hangout time i think it's going to be a great great for that obviously um and then the building itself i think is it's interesting um because it's a retrofitted warehouse building so it, it was a um pga tour superstore which you know has a deep deep spot in our hearts as golfers uh but it also <laughs> has a home depot mm. expo for a while and then it was a neglected building in the heart of the city for a while and then the the church bought it and renovated it. So, um, I mean, I think from that perspective, it's, it's interesting. It'll be cool for people to walk in and see like what you can make of a space. So that's one. Yeah. Because a lot of people actually are probably from churches who are in a similar scenario where it's a right. remodel of a commercial space or, uh, something that used to be a strip mall. That's now a church or a mall or whatever. So, uh, that, that's a unique perspective, especially because the way passion has approached the sort of canvas that they had to work with you know, it's it's a very unique uh, looking space, and mm -hmm. it really they are really treating it like an actual canvas that can be modified in a lot of ways to create specific environments in terms of look and feel. And I think we're going to try to capitalize on some of that potential for our event too. So I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and then there's a, there's a lot of good spaces inside the building too. I think um, so. You know, there's a student space that is. Uh, the church calls it the loading dock because literally the, behind the stage are three loading dock doors. Um, and it's uh, just a cool space for what the church uses for students to meet, but we we will use it for some of our deep dives. And I think it offers a unique experience because we'll be able to bring in our experts and our partners and, you know, for example, fly a PA or ground stack a PA or whatever. And how do you make this rectangle room that's concrete walls with zero acoustic treatment? How do you make it sound good? I yeah. think that could be super practical for a lot of churches. Um, and then, I mean, obviously it has the auditorium that has uh, a lot of great just space and a great gear that we get to uh, use as we, there'll just be tools that we can use as we're um, kind of diving deep into some of these subjects. Yeah. I'm excited about the two-day thing. For those of you, it's going to be exciting because it's a two-day event, which means we can dive deep or di dive deeper into the concepts that um, I feel like we were just touching the surface of last year. So I love the idea yeah. of being able to dive deep and um, learn and grow together. Um, so I think those are going to be pretty special. I'm excited about what we have planned um, and the concepts that we're going to kind of talk about. I agree. I think, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity for churches to bring their whole teams. I think to have people from audio, video, lighting and worship all in the same space for a couple of days to not be distracted by your own schedules and your own workflow and Sunday's coming and all that. And just to be able to unpack together as a team, how we can all get better um, is, is just a really unique opportunity. And my hope is that, you know, teams will come open-minded, open-hearted, open-handed and, that you know like kind of like we said last year it's like i want people to walk away with tools that can make their services better that weekend you know so that we can really kind of grow together and you know I, that's one of the things that i love about 
you guys and other people who bring content is that there is no ego, there is no personal agenda. It's just how can we share all the tools that we've learned to be able to help each other along the way. And I think you know that's an opportunity that the church has that's pretty unique, you know, for us to kind of come together humbly to go, gosh, you know, our our services may look different, our approaches and maybe even some things about our style for sure are going to be different, but we can all just encourage each other and take steps together toward creating environments that are engaging and compelling for our expression of the gospel, which is really what it's all about. Yep. So anyway, I'm, I'm super excited. So for those of you who don't know about it yet, um, go to getmxu.com slash live and get your tickets because you're not going to want to miss September 14th and 15th, two days in Atlanta at Passion City Church. We cannot wait to tell you more about it as the details come together and we cannot wait to see you there. Yep. It's going to be great. You got any like secret tidbits for us here, Jeff? Anything about it you want to like, you know, put out there? Um, I don't know that there's too much detail we can share yet other than um, in terms of the flow, we're going to have, um, you, you know, you said the words deep dive and dive deep. So our, what would typically Jeremy be is a wordsmith. That is for sure. He is a wordsmith. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a word something. <laughs> I would not say wordsmith. So yeah, our, our quote breakout sessions, which are actually kind of the main, the main idea for this event is what we're calling deep dives. And so we're going to have four opportunities for a deep dive in audio, video, lighting, worship, and leadership. So uh, we're going to have people who are going to bring content in those areas that have unique perspectives. And uh, there's going to be plenty of options for people to choose, you know, what they want to take a deep dive in. And, and then there will also be four uh, large group sessions where we gather together in the main auditorium and have worship together and hear from great speakers and, again, get some more practical knowledge as a whole team. Uh, but I, again, I think to have to have the corporate experience and the discipline-specific experiences are really going to give people a, a lot of opportunities to get tools in their hands that they can take home to get better right away, which is really what it's all about. Yeah, that's awesome. I will say, uh, I don't know if this is a lot or not, but I'm going to say it. I did, you know, there's an MXU Slack community for those of people that are subscribers uh, to the MXU content. And I would love, as we're in the next, probably the next month or so, trying to, we're going to be finalizing what are these different deep dive topics. Um, so, you know, let's say, let's, let's, let's say for perhaps there's going to be three video breakouts, deep dives, whatever you're going to, whatever we end up calling it. Um, I want to make sure those topics are something that's, something that's actually helpful to people. So, I would love to see, you know, reach out to me on the Slack community or in one of the channels and just throw out some ideas. Like, what are some topics um, that are going to be helpful for you and your team that you're bringing? Because I will say, as someone who does a lot of these kind of things, it's really difficult when you get in a room and you're up up in front of 100 people that represent very, very different kinds of churches um, to try and develop some curriculum or content that's going to be helpful to everyone. So, yeah, the more input and feedback you guys are willing to share the the better the event will be for you so so speak up yeah because a lot of times you go to a big conference and you see all the wow factor and you kind of you're impressed by it and you're engaged with it but then you walk away going that's not really practical for me like i you know i liked it it was really fun to hear these things but Mm -hmm. either that's way too advanced for me or we don't have that kind of gear or i'm not sure how we would pull that off so we're going to try to have things that offer people from all kinds of churches a perspective that goes, you know what? We're going to talk about principles that apply to you no matter what your context is yeah. so that you don't have to have XYZ switcher or XYZ audio console. You can take what we're talking about here and apply it to any context, whether you're a small church, a church plant, a mega church, or anything in between to be able to you know, really take these principles and make them impactful for where you are. Yep. Can't wait. My birthday month, too. Oh, come on. And it's going to be college football's happening. It's going to be glorious. 
Man, I'm so excited. There's gonna be there's gonna be a lot to talk about in oh, that. I cannot topic wait for sure. I cannot wait to talk about college football again. Oh wait, sorry, I will stop there. But we're still in the spring. <laughs> That's right. And for me and for you guys, springtime means golf in a lot of ways. Oh yes. So um you guys were both a part of some events this year that had sort of golf attached. Rusty, you got to go to uh San Diego for an event and got to go and hang out at Torrey Pines, which I need to hear about because that's a legendary yeah. golf experience. Bucket list. Yeah, bucket list for sure. And then Jeremy has a bucket list oh. that we'll talk about in a minute. Mm. But um, let's go with Rusty first. Rusty, what have you been up to this spring? Uh, it's been a lot of, I mean, a lot of just random, well, not, I mean, seemingly random stuff. Um, I've been a super, super busy, but yeah, the event you're referencing, um, I've had the privilege of doing uh, Chick-fil-A's annual conference the last, I don't even know, five, six, seven years. And um, it's always at a at a fun spot. And Chick-fil-A is an amazing company that does a great job kind of just investing in their team members and um, and putting on a, a really great weekend for them. So uh, I got to video direct that and I was in San Diego this year. And I will say before I talk about Torrey Pines, um, one of the awesome things I got to do this year is that we did an actual concert at Petco Park with uh, for King and Country, which I've never actually seen them live, but they are a ton of fun. I mean, um, yeah. for a lot of you probably know their music, just bring a ton of energy and a ton of props. Maybe is the right word for it. Just stuff. They've everywhere. got some gack on stage. They've for got sure. some gack, uh, but super fun to do uh, to kind of to video direct and capture that concert um, on a baseball field under the beautiful weather of San Diego, um, and that to get a little nerdy there. This was I, I want to say it was my first. I think it was my first live video directing capture with red cameras. Um, okay. Maybe not. I think maybe where I was actually directing and it was concert style, but I've used them a ton. But to have a full red camera package uh, and to do it live cut um, was pretty awesome. It was a very, very, very beautiful image uh, out of those cameras. So I get I get all the, the pull towards them. Um, they're not the, necessarily the easiest to use or to like, set up in our world but what you're able to get out of those uh can be pretty remarkable so that was fun so for somebody who doesn't know like what's what is it that makes it so different like i'm i know i know the difference between a more sort of cinematic camera body versus uh, a broadcast approach mm -hmm. in terms of lensing and all that but what is it about the actual body of the red that makes it so different from what somebody else might find in a church setting. Um, let's see. At the risk of sounding ignorant on this, I'm going to say probably the best way to explain I mean, red has red cameras have been around for a while, but they were the kind of revolutionized the camera industry. I don't know. I have, I have no idea. Maybe 15 years ago um, when they they were like the first ones that created really. Full like full frame or super thirty five sensor cameras. So sensors that were normally left for photography still cameras, they took that kind of idea, that technology, and put it to a video camera, and at the same time captured raw video. Um, so you could capture raw video onto a card and then go edit that video. And when you have, if you're familiar with photography at all, um, a raw photo gives you, you know, infinitely more options in the edit in the edit space than a compressed JPEG would. Um, so they took that idea and put it, put it to video. So all of a sudden you have documentary filmmakers and amateur filmmakers had access to these cameras that could shoot um, similarly to what Hollywood could shoot with. So, you know, fast forward that to 50 different models later. Um, what they, it, they just have that same idea now. So there's a lot of people that would say red color, color science is really nice. And so you can get really, really pretty looking images out of them. Um, and then in just a small form factor camera, the ones that we use were the Komodos, which literally looks okay. like, I mean, it's the size of like a brick and like half a brick, you know, that you would build yep. a house out of. Um, and you put your lens on it and, you know, whatever little accessories you need, but you get like a really, really pretty cinematic look, shallow depth of field out of that camera. Um, and it's, you can just put them in really small spaces too, if you want to. So, And those cool. cameras have really come down in price in the yes. last few years too. So they they used to be a, a really inaffordable option for most churches because they were they were Hollywood results at Hollywood prices, but now 
you know, they have, they've really gotten to be more affordable and yeah. I think more accessible in that way. So definitely a good, yep. a good thing for people to consider. Yeah. It's, it's awesome for sure. The technology has also changed. So getting a live video signal out of that type of camera has become better and better, which has propelled it into live video scenarios. So, you know, we're not just clicking record internally. It's outputting in a low latency output to a live video system, which allows it to yeah. be used more um, consistently during, you know, live concert events. So especially over the last probably, what do you say, Rusty, the last five to eight years, cinematic? We, we have a whole, we have episode yeah. ab about some of this stuff, but in general, it's become more um, attainable or approachable because uh, the live output has become so much better. Yeah, for sure. A lot of integration into more traditional broadcast infrastructure. Right. Um, that kind of stuff. Very cool. I got a question. I was trying to figure out, like, okay, the Petco Park thing, my, like, kind of bow on the conversation this is what happens when you have multiple podcast hosts in one podcast. Uh, so where was, where was the concert, like, if we were, like, standing at home plate, where, where was the stage? Like, I, I don't understand... Yeah concerts in a baseball field so that's what, well this was kind of a unique one so the, the entire outfield was set up for like hangout space so okay. think cornhole and you know yard jenga and okay. like pickleball courts crazy okay. stuff like that all in the outfield just for people to hang out i'm surprised they let people on the grass at, it they might have been it. covered i think it was no i don't remember honestly i know parts were covered because it was really wet so like there was a lot of mud in the infield. Um, so the stage was basically like on top of second base, I would say. Video world and all that was kind of okay. right behind it. And then there was a thrust that went towards home plate, maybe like reached the pitcher's mound. So playing playing toward home plate. Correct. Got Not it. playing to the outfield. Correct. Yeah. So okay. once everybody, once we started the actual concert, everybody walked from the outfield to the seats behind home plate uh, for, the, gotcha. for the actual presentation, for the show. Cool. So I've done um, I've done a baseball stadium show a few times. Harvest Crusade has their big event every mm. year at Angel Stadium in Anaheim. And the crazy thing about that is that the stage is very similar, where it's basically second base and beyond into the outfield, but front of house is in the dugout. So you have oh, to mix wow. audio have to mix audio from inside the dugout Jeez. so you really don't have a great perspective right. on where the you know what the pa is yeah. doing in in the grandstand because you're you know wondering if you're supposed to bunt or steal second so right. it's really um it's it was, it was a fun a fun thing but definitely a different experience yeah. but yeah very cool no so, one bunts anymore no more d uh no more pitch i know hitting. no more bunting since we have the dh now yep. which i'm not sure i like that but and pitch clocks. I mean, we've got games. I are, like games the pitch are, clock. Games are moving a little faster, which is good. <laughs> In full disclosure, I haven't even watched one yet. So, oh it's come kinda, on, the Atlanta Braves are in first I, place by five games. I know, but I, there's another. It's a, it's a problem with the way you can watch Braves right now with Bally Sports. I'm that's not going to get into well, that's true, it. But I'm not a fan of Bally Sports. So, we don't need to get into yeah, that at all. Anyway, we'll move on. Okay, so let's let's go to the real topic, which is Tory Pines. Yeah. You got you got to play golf at Tory Pines. I did. Um, so uh, when I went out there, I got to play at a course bef like before the conference started with our friend Andy Call. Lives out in San Diego. He showed me an awesome time at a course up in the hills, like more towards the mountains. I think it was called Madeiras. Um, okay. It was fun. And then at the so I had been thinking about this trip for a while. I know I'm going to San Diego and I want to play Tory Pines. But the way they they release tee times, it's like you know you kind of need to jump on it three months out when the tee times open up. So I'm three months out trying to figure out how am I going to play Torrey Pines. I open up the website and there's like nothing available. I can't figure out why. And then realized shortly after the PGA Tour is playing their tournament at Torrey Pines the week that I'm there, which means oh. nobody can play it. So that was a huge bummer. Um, but I just, you know, you don't give up hope in these situations. You're right. You got to just hold on to hope and uh, keep looking back. So. Eventually, that week of, I'm in San Diego, and we're doing the conference, and I just keep looking up. Like Maybe, you know, the, the tournament's over, so maybe they'll just release tee times, you know, because the tournament ends on Sunday. I want to play on Wednesday. Maybe they'll just open up some times. 
will, you know, ask and the Lord provides. And uh, they opened up some tea times and I was, I think I finished a session that morning. I left, uh, went with a friend over to Torrey Pines and played about, so I had a flight that night. And when you're, when you're flying from the West Coast back to the East Coast, you have to fly, like, you either take off in the morning and lose your whole day or you right. take the red eye. And or it's a red eye. Don't sleep at all, like three hours, and you have a, you know, wake up at, you land at 6 a.m. and you just spend the whole day dead tired. Well, that's generally what I choose because I like, like to suffer. Um, <laughs> and so anyway, this conference ends at like 10, 11 o'clock in the morning or something. And I don't have a flight to like 10 o'clock that night. So it's like, what am I going to do? Torrey Pines opens up. I'm going to go to Torrey Pines and play as much golf as I can before the sun goes down. Look what the Lord um, did. And that's, that's what we did. Um, that's it was super amazing. fun. It's beautiful right on the coast. You can see, um, you know, I think we saw, we saw a couple of whales out on the, in the ocean, which is amazing. The cliffs are amazing. You see there's a, uh, like a military base really close by. If you've watched Top Gun, like a lot of that happens nearby, right? Um, and overhead, you could see these choppers just flying over the, over the course. They would fly out into the Pacific Ocean drop people into the ocean. So Marines or whatever, or training Navy SEALs, um, just drop them out in the water. And they're down there swimming. And while they're swimming, the chopper would get low and just let the chop from the propellers just chop the water up while these guys are swimming in there. No, thank um, you. Just circling it, making it a living hell for them, basically, <laughs> while they're swimming. Um, and then it would kind of leave and just leave them for a little bit and then it would come back and get them. Um, so it's pretty awesome to like, you know, trying to hack your ball out of the six-inch rough at Torrey Pines while all that's going on, too. And just so. hoping these guys don't drown. Right. And But also, at the same time, feeling like, I think we're pretty safe. Yeah, <laughs> we, I, we I appreciate guys the training, <laughs> guys. Thank you for your service. That's yep. amazing. That's awesome. Well, I, I know we've got other stuff to talk about in terms of conferences and other things that happen in the spring, but let's transition to Jeremy's mm. spring because you had the opportunity to... Um, serve maybe not the lord but some of his greatest creation <laughs> that's true um this is at, true. Uh, a, a little place in georgia that's right we like to refer to as the uh cathedral of golf um <laughs> i love the, i love the first, how you say that yes the first the, the first full week in april yes um yes that, that that by the way that's how tiger woods used to talk about his tournament schedule like hey when, when are you going to start playing to get ready for the season or whatever and he said well you know i need to have a couple of tune-up matches so i'm ready for the first full week in april but he would never say the tournament mm. he would just say the first full mm. week in april so for those of you who don't know the first full week in april is when the masters happens at augusta national so we're not going to talk much about the masters um, or your role at the masters but you got to be there for yeah. a little over a week yep. and yeah it was awesome i'm sure i'm sure it was amazing it was unbelievable and i um it was definitely a thing of when my two hobbies and my career converge, which I feel like production is a hobby and career. So that's why I say it like my two hobbies. So uh, golf and production converge into this beautiful course in, in Augusta, Georgia, where I get to watch golf and also uh, do some work. It's unbelievable. So um, count myself very lucky. And, uh, you know, I have no photos to prove I was there because you can't do that kind of thing. Which is a whole nother crazy thing that I That's appreciate. Right. No now. cameras, no cameras, right? Yeah, uh, or at least no phones. And so there's a can't you can get like your certain cameras approved uh, to take on the course, but um, like click and shoot, wind up film type of cameras. But um, but yeah, it was amazing and uh, it was fun time and met a lot of great people. And um, I don't know what I can and can't say on the record about stuff. So. If anybody wants to, hear, if they hear this podcast and see me in person, I maybe be able to tell you more about it. So you can just yeah. say you helped with distribution of video signals around. That might have happened, right? Yeah. Yeah. How much money did you spend in the merch tent? That's I cannot I talk about that either. <laughs> well, yes, you can. <laughs> I kind of don't want my I, wife to know. That's the problem. So <laughs> she, I doesn't, know. she doesn't listen to the podcast. So you know, I'm, I'm good. So more than three hundred. Uh, I spent a lot of money. A lot of it was more not than five hundred. Uh, for, uh, yeah, I for spent you. over a thousand bucks in general, not for me, just with other, other stuff. There's, uh, I probably spent over a little over 300 and just stuff for me. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, 
it's an amazing place an amazing experience um i'm sure some of you know that i had the opportunity to actually play at augusta national a couple of years ago so it I, you can't say enough i mean can't there's no believe way to you're throwing it. that in here right now you're just well gonna, yeah i have to be one up on jeremy <laughs> at some point <laughs> but i do want to know jeremy how um in terms of like total number of hours your hours spent working versus your hours spent walking the golf course and watching golf i cannot disclose that information you know because you watched a lot of golf i watched though. a lot let's just say i watched a lot of golf on the golf course so uh but yeah we had a good time and uh if you ever if you are attending i can give you all the tips and tricks on where to be when because i was well, i basically watched golf for a week or actually we can have we did the women's event plus the whole next week practice rounds and full rounds so like you learn a lot about where to go like if you're like hey i just need to jump out and go see some folks like you know like the pockets of the courses of like course like where to be all that kind of yeah. stuff so um some fun places to go hang out all that kind of stuff so yeah it was pull, fun pull up your phone open up the health app and i want you to go back to that week and show me tell me how many steps you did <laughs> Like on no, an average it, day, I didn't have my phone on me, so I don't, I don't have any way to track it. How are you texting me? Because uh, I left it in my. <laughs> so in real talk, to you, there's um, the there's like Wi-Fi at every like concession stand, so your watch can connect to the Wi-Fi and then text. Well, your watch can tracks your steps. Oh, that's true. There you yeah. go. All right, report back anyway. to me. I want to know. Okay, how many steps okay, okay. Jeez. We'll come back to that in a minute. Rusty's getting me in trouble. I will say for anybody who's in broadcast video and is curious about this kind of thing, um, you just need to go do your own research and find out what you can about the media center at yeah. the Masters yep. because the the facility that they've built and the infrastructure and you know if you watch the Masters you you see their press conferences every day and the facility that's there for the media to be able to ask those questions and capture that content and get that content to the world is a pretty stunning uh, piece of infrastructure and equipment and communication. So anyway, we won't divulge too many things here because we can't, but needless to say, you had an incredible week and it was a great experience. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Very cool. Well, the other thing that happens in the spring are trade shows and conferences. Oh, yeah. So we've come through NAB season. Yep. And we're also recently just uh, out of Philo. Yep. So why don't you guys talk about NAB and Philo and some of your takeaways and some of your um, experiences there? Yeah. Rusty, you want to go first? You, you didn't go to well, NAB, I, didn't get, right? I did not get to go to NAB this year. Yeah. No, I decided to And you texted me. You texted me. You said, don't let this, don't let me miss NAB again. And we haven't called up about that. Why? What, what was your reasoning? Oh, just total FOMO. You see okay. all your friends out there like hanging out and. You know, and I, the nerd part of me also misses being on the the show floor for a little bit. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's tough to get out there. For like, like in my mind, I just want to go for a day and a half, but it's a lot of travel for a day and a half right. in Atlanta. But it's probably worth it. Um, but like, yeah, do you have any major? Um, I feel like every year there's always like a, a buzzword or two around uh, NAB. Yeah, I don't what know. The being, this year? being the fact that like I'm in one booth on one yeah. trade show, you know. On the trade show floor, trade show floor, um, wordsmith. I know that's that's what I am. Uh, I don't. My takeaway is that there was a ton of people there, um, and we saw a lot of churches, a lot of church, um, you know, production people were there. A lot of systems integrators were there, and a lot of manufacturers had all of their gear there. So it wasn't, you know, we've been COVID from 2020 through this year. Right, it's been this weird COVID um, trade show thing. Um, last year, like Ross Video didn't have any gear on the booth, but this year we were like we had double the square footage that we usually have. We had all kinds of gear, but every manufacturer did that, and so I think it was refreshing to be able to um, be hands on, like go see the consoles, go see the control surfaces, go see LED panels. There's LED everywhere. I mean, I feel like everyone. Uh, is making LED um, stuff. So go ask questions, learn the technology, um, tons of staff members at every booth. So that's, that's, there was a, there was just a really big um, buzz in general because of how like well trade shows are back. And oh healthy. yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, it felt like a trade show. I was there for a couple of days and I would I would echo that. I would say the biggest thing for me was there wasn't a lot of like, oh my gosh, you've got to see this new thing because we're still at a point where a lot of manufacturers are just now catching up on yeah. manufacturing the products they already have. Yep. And so, yeah, there's some innovation, but I think people were just glad to see things in person, put their hands on existing gear that either they've ordered that they don't have yet or things that they've heard about that they haven't been able to see yet. So I don't know that there was a like a buzz around any sort of specific new technology, but it was just good to be in a room with a bunch of people and have great conversations that had gear in front of them that you could actually touch and talk about. So it was, it was nice. It was, yep. you know, it's always good, especially from the church perspective to just run into people that you don't get to see very often. And there were a lot of church folks there. So I saw all the team from North Point. I saw a bunch of guys from Eagle Brook. I saw a bunch of guys from Church of the Highlands. And you just, you know, you, it's like old home week in some ways. Yeah. It's funny because you're at a you're at a massive trade show with tens of thousands of people. And I felt like I was always running into people from the church. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which was so cool. So it again, that was that was a little different this year, probably more so than the last couple of years because people were actually coming back to NAB, which was great. Yeah. And I always tell people NAB is it's great for the gear and the tech, but it's also great for the networking. It's also, I mean, the fact that you can walk up to any manufacturer booth and say, Hey, how does your product, whatever product it is, how does it work? Tell me about the ins and outs of it. And like, Oh, they say a phrase that you don't understand. You're like, I don't know that technology. Tell me more. Like it is just a, a wealth of knowledge for you to learn from. And, um, that's what it's there for. So being on the manufacturer side, I mean, I had people walk up to the Ross booth and like, Hey, what, what is a video router? I was like, great. Let's let's talk about it. Let's let's help you learn. Um, so that's what it's there for. And so I encourage people if you haven't been, you should go just from that standpoint. Like networking and learning new things, it's it's a great place for. Cool. So were there any um, were there any things that you walked away from, Jeremy? Going, yeah, we need to talk more about this, or hey, we need to talk about this on the podcast, or boy, I wish I knew more about that so that I could tell church people more about that. Yeah. So. Between NAB and Philo, so NAB, and then there's a week gap, and then Philo happened. So uh, between those two things, I I left Philo realizing um, this idea of multi-level routing, which uh, multi-level video routing. Is that a pyramid scheme? <laughs> kind of. Multi-level? Multi-level. I'm going yes. to start taking supplements yes. and using yeah. essential oils. Uh-huh. Like, what's going on here? Uh-huh. Just recruit people to work underneath you. Yes. Um but multi-level routing, I, what we'll probably, we not probably, what we will do is do a podcast episode on, on this. But in general, here's the 30,000. Invite, invite three of your friends. And then we'll- <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why we have Rusty. It's so good. Uh, it's great. Um, but multi-level I say that, routing. I, I don't know what multi-level routing is. So Okay. I, well, here we go. Here's here's like where it came from with people come up and say, hey, what's the Ultrix? So the Ultrix is our video router platform. And we start explaining about embedding and de-embedding audio in your video router platform. And they're like, okay. So they start understanding that. And then we say, so what router do you use now? Well, I'll use a Blackmagic or a Kumo router. Um, and I'm like, oh, that's a single level router. So then we, without using the terminology single level and multi-level, I explain the difference between an Ultrix and uh, one of these other, uh, you know, Blackmagic or Kumo routing. And then I realized, come, coming away from Philo, I was like, oh, we actually don't explain the value or the reason for multi-level routing inside an, um, like an enterprise uh, level router. So here's the deal. So the SMPTE standards for video is one video signal with 16 channels of audio on it. So if you have an SDI connector with video running through it, it's going to have the capacity to carry 16 channels of audio along with the video. So each one of those is a level. So video is level one, and then audio one through 16 is level two through 17. So when you when it comes into the audio and video matrix, it shows up as level one through 17. So there's 17 levels. Same on an output. So remember, you're pushing video down a, uh, you're pushing SMPTE video either out of fiber 
output or a you know SDI copper output, it's going to have 17 levels, or you, it has the capacity to do 17 levels. So you can mix, mix and match, right? And then you can have your discrete um, MADI input coming in. And so therefore, what happens is it all gets into the matrix, and then you can like reshuffle all of those different levels. There's always going to be one video level, and there's always going to be um, 16 levels of audio. But you can cross streams, essentially, where it's like you can take, you know, audio level two can be routed to audio level six for an output, that type of thing. So that's what we mean by multi-level routing, which is different than when I got to catch well, my breath. Well, like you're, you're never supposed to cross streams if you've seen Ghostbusters. I know. That's why but, I said that. I was teeing it up oh, good, for good. you. <laughs> See you. how I did that? <laughs> so give me, give me a practical, like, uh, for a church, why do I need to route audio? So um, because Blackmagic and, and Kuma, remember I said it's a single level router. Okay, what that does, it's still carrying 17 levels of audio, uh, video and audio, but it has no capacity to break that apart inside the router. Mm -hmm. So once it comes into the router, it just gets hand, handed off to a output or multiple outputs. Like boom, 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 boom. Like a physical cable, and, right? And everything is just one-to-one. One-to-one. -one. It's just all packaged together. You can never break it apart. So the idea of a multi-level router is means it comes in, it gets broken, exploded apart automatically, and then you're recompiling it on the output. So say like program video needs to go to your web stream and your projectors and your record, right? Well, your projectors might not need audio, so you just route program video with no audio. Your records may need your front of house desk mix, and then your broadcast may need your broadcast audio. So you can create that Wait, or, series. Or your records, or you could also send a left-right program, and then also an correct. isolated mic of the pastor, and then yep. crowd mics on a different channel. Right. So you can take that same program video with a different set of audio for channel one and two, uh, you know, to your broadcast and your records or whatever. So it just gives you a lot more flexibility when doing it that way. And then same is true for like you send from ProPresenter, you send your uh, audio over to this router um, and then it gets break, broken apart and dropped onto your Matty stream and your Matty goes to your audio con console. So therefore, you're, you're not dropping it back on a video output, you're dropping it on the output of your Matty stream. And it, therefore, it stays digital all the way through to your audio system. So that's the idea of multi-level routing. It's where you can bring it into a router, explode it apart, and send everything independently to wherever it may need to go, or repackage it with a different combination of video and audio. Sounds like a great topic for That's right. an episode it of does. the MXU video podcast. Coming soon. What's, what's the buy-in I need to have for the most multi-level <laughs> thing? What's my initial investment? Well, you know, your, your initial investment doesn't matter because six months from now, once you've recruited oh, that's that's right. downline, you're going to be, you're going to be swimming. I don't have to, in, I, yeah, I'm not working at that point. I'm just, no, you're going to be swimming, you're in, swimming in levels, swimming in levels, you know, <laughs> you're going to have so much Maddie. You won't know what to do. I love some good, uh, multi-level marketing talk. <laughs> well, good. I think you guys should do a deep dive on that because that is super informative yep. and probably really helpful for yep. a lot of people. I just realized it was just basically it's like, oh, people hear video router and there's so many different video routers out there. And then I walked away with like, oh, we just don't, it, it just takes um, a lot of learning to like to understand, not a lot of learning, but like you, and I was lucky enough to operate in systems that had this multi level router which means i learned it but when you don't have one it's really hard to learn about one because if you don't have it it's like how do you conceptualize like this idea right. so that's yeah, why i was like oh good. we got to talk more about it because it's it's um unless you've had experience with it it's like you don't even know you don't know what you don't know so yeah that's, that's what good. I'll awesome well you mentioned philo so what um you guys were both at philo so what was your big takeaway from philo this year Shout out to Todd and his team. I know that they did an incredible job. Everything I saw online looked awesome. I was not able to attend in person, but uh, we love you guys and are cheering for you from the sidelines because 
we've been partners and fans of Philo for a long time. So um, I want to hear about it. Rusty's probably a better one than me because I, again, stood at a Ross video booth for most of the time. Well, I think there's some similar things to what you guys are saying about NAB, but it felt like this was, um, I think Todd told me it was one of their biggest ones, biggest one yet. And so I think it's just the yeah. same sentiment of people are, you know, people are getting back out there now. Um, it makes sense again to, to kind of go, go to some of these events and network and meet people and learn. And so that's exciting to see our community back out because uh, that's definitely a tough few years for our community for sure. So that was awesome. Um, I, I was able to help lead two breakouts on a video track. Um, and again, like I was saying earlier, it's hard when you're trying to lead a breakout with a bunch of different churches being represented. But I think for me specifically, um, teaching about, I basically led a class that was kind of like camera deep dive. So, you know, how, what what are dollies and sliders and jibs and SETI cams and uh, all the all the kind of advanced camera stuff that I think a lot of people are starting to ask questions about because a lot of our a lot of churches that we all look up to have these kind of systems. So, kind of tearing back the veil a little bit on what these are and how you can use them. And even if you're at a place in a church where that's not really in the cards for you yet, I think it's helpful and important to kind of learn learn outside your scope and be inspired. Because then on those dog days of summer when you're doing the same thing in and out. Um, which I know I have those experiences. I want to make sure I can always leave room for inspiration um, and try something new when Easter comes around or Christmas comes around or whatever. So yeah, that was fun. And then we led, I led one with, uh, with a friend Davis um, from Passion um, on LED walls, which was uh, probably not the best person to lead one on LED walls. I do interact with them a ton though. So that was kind of the angle that I took is from a camera perspective, how do you um, work with and around LED walls? Um, and there's just a ton of appetite out there for that kind of stuff because it's uh, becoming more and more and more prevalent in our um, in our churches. That's very cool. Um, I also say that you're not a, you're not alone, which means like I'm always surprised at how many people are doing production the way we do it um, in churches across the country. So um, whenever you feel alone, just be reminded, like we attend a lot of things throughout the year and you're not alone. There is a lot of people mm-hmm. pursuing this craft and pursuing these things um, all for the purpose of helping tell the greatest story ever told. So um, you're not alone in it. And I always am reminded this Philo and even the MXU event in the fall, I'm always reminded like you're not alone. There's a lot of people doing it, jump mm-hmm. into the community, get involved and, um, it's a great way to stay connected and feel supported. Yeah, that's really good. That's super encouraging. Um, Jeremy, before we go, I did want to ask you just specifically on the Ross front, is there anything that we need to know regarding our fine friends and partners at Ross video? Um, yeah, I probably should have mentioned that at the NAB conversation earlier, but, um, we did announce uh, a new video switcher, a new version of our carbonite. Uh, at NAB, which is called the Carbonite Ultra 60, which is an amazing platform. Um, I won't bore you with like the multi-level routing conversation that was just now, but thank you. Yeah, I know, right? I won't bore you that that far. But uh, the Ultra 60 is um, a new version of Carbonite Black. Um, so it'll do 4K or UHD, um, also uh, HD, and it can up to uh, 60 inputs and 25 outputs. So for our Carbonite platform, that's the largest uh, IO count we've ever had uh, in UHD, which we're really, really excited about. Um, It's brand new hardware, uh, UHD through and through. And so like 60 inputs um, is in UHD or HD. So it doesn't matter. Like you don't lose resources going to UHD, which is a thing of the future. You know, uh, this mixed format type of scenario where, you may need your switcher in UHD, but you may also need other things in HD where you don't have you don't have to be like, I don't know, if that device is in UHD, do we lose a quarter or four do we lose four times the inputs or whatever? That's you know, a thing of the past. So um That's cool. Yeah, Carbonate Ultra 60. Um it's it's awesome. And then we also uh, launched our D3 LED panels, um, which look awesome and uh would love to tell people more about it as we uh, get out there, do some marketing stuff about it. Uh, a lot of different pixel pitches and 
all that stuff. So uh, our technology is completely different, not Novastar, not Brompton. Um, and I'll spare you the details, the boring details of that. But yes, we're excited about those two things. Well, another thing that we're excited about at MXU is that we're going to be recording some uh, some new video-centered content for the MXU platform. So Rusty's going to be coming in talking specifically about video directing. And so I know that for those of you who are involved in the video teams at your church and maybe you're running the switcher, even, even as a volunteer, Rusty's going to have some great advice on just how to continue to get better at that and how you think about telling a story through video. So we're super excited about having you guys coming back to HQ to do that because that content is, um, it's been in high demand and much needed. So um, we're super stoked about that. And um, so we're going to see you in person soon, which is great. Yep. Hey, so uh, about that, uh, we would love to hear from folks. I, I think it's intimidating sometimes to send feet feedback to people like us uh, i don't know why i just know that's the way i was like oh they get tons of feedback all the time i won't share my thoughts right um but we would love to hear feedback because like we're teaching concepts that we think may be helpful but we would love to know what you think is helpful right so as if you're a listener if you uh, uh hit us up on social um dm us on any of the social platforms like let us know like what things do your volunteers struggle with what do you struggle with what do you want to know more about like how can we help create content uh it's helpful for you um that would be really really great to know so as we jump into the recording content and talk on the podcast um i just really really encourage folks to send us even if you think a million people may send us why you're just i don't know in the morning reading your bible just send us maybe a bad example but when you're doing whatever you do, send us a little feedback. It would be great to know. Love it. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time today. It's always great to hang out and love hearing about what you're up to. And uh, let's go play golf. Let's do it.